Once upon a time, a small town boy from the south traveled across the ocean to the island of love called Cyprus. He grew into a fine young man on a mission to preach the gospel to the whole world. Then, one day, when he least expected it, he met a Polish girl. Risking it all, he asked her out on a church date. It didn't take long before they fell in love and lived happily ever after. Hold on, I missed the best part. They had a son, later diagnosed with autism, which changed everything. Then two years later, they welcomed a little girl with a heart of gold and a will of iron. They were missionaries and autism parents trying to keep the faith and sanity. Each week, they'll share their journey of love, faith, hope, special needs parenting, and everything else in between. Here is The Preacher and the Polish Girl. Is it always God's will to heal everyone? Am I sick because of my sin? Or perhaps your parents' sin? What about all those miraculous healings that Jesus did? What about faith healers? We'll discuss it all in today's episode. Is it the million dollar question? Is it the billion dollar question? Gazillion dollar Maybe a question. gazillion. Yeah. Maybe. It is. Is it always God's will to heal everyone at every time? And why doesn't God heal everyone? You know, healing was certainly a big part of the earthly ministry of Jesus. There's no denying that that is a, a real core thing that was recorded in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. If you turn to the scriptures, you will see that there were a wide range, just a whole plethora of different healings. Of course, Luke the physician seems to go into more detail with a lot of the healings as you would expect. Oh, every yes, every like the, the woman with the issue sure. of blood. Every writer has their own take and they put their own, I mean, the Holy Spirit allowed them to put their own personality into the writing, which is why the scriptures. And their expertise. Yeah, which is why they're so amazing. Yeah. Jesus Jesus did heal a lot of people. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. And I would even conclude, as far as what's recorded, everyone that came to Jesus, no one left empty-handed. Right. He met everyone at their need, and a lot of times that was a physical need. Well, let's mention the first one. You know, the man with leprosy is recorded in Luke chapter 5. Right. Leprosy, of course, had a bad reputation in the times of Jesus. Mm. People with leprosy were looked down upon. They, people were afraid of them. Mm-hmm. They were secluded. They were kept in camps, you yes. can say. Nowadays, well, call, I think they call them le- le- leper colonies, I believe is the term, leper oh, yeah. colonies. I thought you, you said leprechaun. <laughs> I'm like, no. And I, th- and I thought you might have said leopards. <laughs> Did Jesus heal leopards or lepers? All right. That's my pronunciation. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, there was the group of men with leprosy. And, and leopards. No. And le- no. Just no. The, there, there, was, <laughs> there was a group of 10 with leprosy in Luke 17. And, of course, only one came back and worshipped Jesus. Yes. And Jesus asked, what happened to the nine? Yeah. To the other Where's nine? the nine? Mm-hmm. So these were people who were looked down upon, who everyone was afraid to touch. And here Jesus is... You know, touching them, healing them, spending time with them, loving them. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you know that leprosy is still a very current disease, even in America? How many in America, you said, in the United States? I think it's like hundreds of cases every year. That's wild. It's also known as Hansen disease. Hmm. I would say one of the most famous accounts of healing in the scripture, and it's one also one of the most remarkable accounts of healing, is 
what we have come to know as the centurion's servant. The, the, the servant himself was not named, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, neither was the centurion, but this was recorded in Luke 7. And of course, he says, listen, you know, I'm, of course, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not even worthy that you should come under my roof. Jesus, all you have to do is speak the word only and your servant will be healed. And Jesus, of course, was you know impressed by that healing of a Gentile, basically, a, a yes. non-Jew. And so that is a remarkable kind of faith. And I think it's the kind of faith we all aspire to have is where we would say, Lord, you know, you just speak the word and you can fix this. You can fix me. You can fix this situation. Mm-hmm. And Jesus rewarded his faith. Yes. Jairus' daughter. See, that hits closer to home when yeah. you see Jesus talking about healing children and dads get mentioned and moms get mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, that really hits close to home. And of course, Jairus was one of those guys who had to wait and kind of watch his daughter die while Jesus was healing other people. Yeah. And why he, you know, why the lady touched him, the, the hem of his garment on the way to Jairus' house. Oh, yes. And our dear friend, Jonathan Hughes, an evangelist friend of ours, he preached a great message about this account. And it says, waiting for your miracle while watching others receive theirs. Mm. And I think a lot of people can relate to that when you see God blessing other people, other families. Other families seem to have less burdens. They seem to have more good things happening. Yeah, immediate answers, quicker answers. And you just have to stand by and watch and wait for yours. And so Mm -hmm. that's... It's hard. Yeah, it is. And then, of course, Jairus' daughter died. In the process. Yes. But God healed her anyway, restored her to life. Another one that really hits home with me and it resonates is the healing of the blind man in the Gospel of John, chapter 9. When they were asking Jesus, hey, who sinned, him or his parents? Because the man was born blind. Obviously, it's because of sin. And, of course, that is a big part of parenting. I think the reason why that resonates with us is because families, parents of special needs children, Mm -hmm. we all have regrets. We all wish we were better parents. We wish we'd done things differently. But I think when you have an afflicted child, uh, you, you take on a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and a lot of regret and a lot of what if I had done this? What if I had done that? Had, yes. had we just known this? Oh, boy, yes. Um, and so when Jesus asked, whose fault is it? Yes. Is it the parents' fault? You know what most parents are going to do, including us? Mm-hmm. Yep, it was yes. us. Yeah, yep. it was our fault. And thankfully, Jesus put this in the scripture to, I think, help us all. Mm-hmm. And he says, listen, it wasn't the parents or the blind son. It was, you know, it was for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, why this man was born this way. So pretty amazing. We can then talk about Pool of Bethesda. There was a healing, amazing healing happening there. Especially when the guy didn't even, I mean, he didn't even know who Jesus was. He, right. he, he didn't he, know it was Jesus that, that healed him. Yeah. He thought that, good sir, will you carry me to the water? <laughs> <laughs> and just said, you don't need this water. But what about all the people at the Pool of Bethesda? You know, the, the scripture records how there was this belief that an angel had stirred the water. Right. And listen, there's there's a lot of discussion about what this passage means. I don't think we have just an absolute crystal answer. My thinking on this passage is that it was more of a belief rather than a truth that this angel stirred the water. It was mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of superstition, maybe. And so there were all these people you know, around the pool. This reminds me of all the Orthodox churches, and they believe in kissing this specific piece of wood because it's known to be the part of the cross. Sure. Or bowing down to icons and praying, touching specific icons, and then they expect the miraculous healing. And sometimes the healing happens. Well, it's not because of the tradition. You know, sometimes divine healing happens not because 
some tradition has been met or upheld, but it just comes down to the mercy of God. Yes, I know. Uh, and that's a mystery to us. We don't understand how people who are maybe not doing everything according to maybe how they should, maybe according to what the scriptures really teach, but God continues to show mercy to a lot of people. I mean, let's well, face not it. not only Christians. Well, sure. And again, do. like this is a great example. This man at the pool of Bethesda, he didn't even know who Jesus was. He wasn't one of the disciples. No. He was probably a Jewish man who really put all his hopes and faith into, into this water. pool. Yeah. 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 And was waiting for someone to carry him because he was paralyzed, obviously, since he was a child and no one to carry him. What's really interesting, too, in present day is that this site, this archaeological site has actually just, well, it's about to be reopened to the public. And it's actually a place you can visit, this Pool of Siloam, Pool of Bethesda. Yeah. So we've talked about a few accounts in Scripture where Jesus did heal. But what about the passages where he didn't? Right. Yeah, let's talk about that. The other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus went to his hometown. Oh, yes. In Nazareth. Nazareth. Uh-huh. It's famously recorded in Mark chapter 6 that he couldn't do a mighty work there because of the unbelief of the people, because of that familiarity that they had with, yeah. oh, this is just the carpenter's son. His brothers and sisters live in this town. This can't be the Messiah. This is Joseph's son. Yeah, we know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we grew up with Jesus. And so as a result of that unbelief, in this case, unbelief resulted in a lack of healing or just very little healing. In fact, it said that the account goes on to say that there was a few people that got some help, but as a whole, Nazareth didn't get the healing they could have because of unbelief. Mm -hmm. And what about all the other people at the pool of Bethesda? Sure. You know, if Jesus was willing to heal everyone, if that was God's main plan... They Mm -hmm. would be healed. Well, Paul would have been healed of the thorn in the flesh. Oh, yes. And what I love about the record of Paul praying three times for Mm -hmm. this thorn to be removed, and Jesus didn't hear him, but he said, rather than getting healing, my grace is going to be sufficient for you. Mm -hmm. The thorn was never named. We don't know what the thorn was. Yes. And see, that's I think that was intentional. Yes. So that so we, can we apply yes, our thorns. So we could know that whatever it is, that His grace is sufficient, mm-hmm. whatever the condition is. But obviously, it was so painful that he thought it was going to hinder his ministry, his mm-hmm. uh, evangelical attempts, and everything. But the Lord said, "No, despite this thorn, yeah. you're going to be great. You're going to be one of the greatest." Sure. And so he said, "That's why I'm going to glory in these infirmities. I'm going to I'm going to thank will God know for these. That it was God. Yeah." Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward to the 21st century. Is that what we're known as, the 21st century now? Mm. Then you have some well-known figures in the kind of Christian world who have a really profound impact on people because they really love Jesus. They're faithfully serving and spreading his message, but they haven't received healing. Right. Well, let's talk about Johnny Erickson Tada. Her testimony is so beautiful. She also shared in a few interviews that I saw with her how she also went to those faith healers because especially after the accident when she was really paralyzed and doctor said, you know, there is no hope. You will never be able to sit upright or use your hands or mm-hmm. legs. She, of course, as a Christian, she had faith and she was recommended all those faith healing uh, meetings and stuff. And she mentioned that she was going from meeting to meeting and all those famous faith healers, they were putting spotlight on all those people who came for healing and they were miraculously healed. Mm -hmm. But then there was this group of them, paraplegic, quadriplegic, Mm -hmm. on wheelchairs or with uh, muscular dystrophy or with Cerebral cerebral palsy and different things. They were all in the corner and the spotlight never went 
to that group. Yes. And she was asking, so, Lord, you know, you mean you cannot heal amputees, you cannot heal the paralyzed? Uh, why am I in this group? And she was like, okay, maybe they didn't have time for our group. She mm. went to another meeting, the same thing. So yeah. what's going on with those faith healing, especially um, broadcasted, you know, to uh, TV and everything? To put it mildly and to put it as nice as possible. Mm-hmm. But not that we always have to be nice about everything. I mm-hmm. think if someone is blatantly a, a charlatan, if someone is blatantly fleecing the flock, so to speak, mm-hmm. and spreading heresy and hurt, they should be called out. Exposed, yeah. And so to me, it's very simple. It's a money racket. Yes. We, we could ask the question, why hasn't God healed Joni? Yeah. And I'm sure Joni has asked that question many times. Mm-hmm. God, why haven't you healed me? But what she has come to realize and what she testifies is that a greater work has been done in her life and through her life because Jesus hasn't healed her physically. Mm-hmm. One of her most famous quotes, and I kind of get goosebumps every time I read it and I kind of get choked up, is she has this well-known quote, The first thing I plan to do on resurrected legs is to drop on grateful, glorified knees. Mm. So that is, that's where the victorious Christian life is found, mm-hmm. is knowing that Jesus doesn't keep us from everything, but rather he walks with us in everything. Yes. And so Jesus didn't keep Joni from having that horrible accident where she was paralyzed. However... He has been with her every step of the way. Yes, and the same with Nick Vujicic. Nick was born without arms or legs, but the Lord used him and his infirmity for his glory. And now people are paying attention to Nick because like he said in many interviews, I I saw that if he was fully abled, if he was just a regular Nick, Mm -hmm. nobody would pay attention. Maybe a few, you know, but what an impact he has to show God's love and grace and mercy through his life. He thought as a teenage boy that he would never have anyone to love him. Mm -hmm. And there we go. um, Many years later, God gave him a beautiful wife, beautiful children, and uh, his life is just abundant. Yes. That's the abundant life that Jesus refers to in John chapter 10. It doesn't mean wealth and success and perfect health. True joy in the Lord. But it's knowing Jesus and having the shepherd in your life on a daily basis. Yes. It's, it's the fact that you have a shepherd that walks with you and is with you every day of your life. Mm-hmm. And that is the abundant life that, that he wants to bring to people. And we just have to, to get a heavenly perspective. You know, that brings me to the case of our son. <laughs> like I yes. ask so many times the question, God, why didn't you heal Michael? Why did you allow this to happen to Michael? Mm -hmm. We are serving you. We're back then missionaries, planting new churches, uh, sharing the gospel with the world, doing so much. And yet the Lord allowed Michael to regress into autism. And uh, the more we seemed to pray, mm -hmm. uh, the more he was regressing, it seemed. It was like, okay, what's the point of fasting and prayer when it backfires? Sure. It seems to getting worse and worse. So there was doubt. There was anger. Mm-hmm. Grieving, fear, fear, absolutely. A lot of uncertainty. It's like a, it's like a perfect cocktail of pain and you know anguish. bitterness and anguish and grief all poured into one bitter cup, mm-hmm. and that can happen to anyone at any time. But yes. we have walked through that valley. We mm-hmm. have walked through the valley of God. Why? Mm-hmm. Why Michael? You know, why and we us? tried everything. I mean, I try to to follow the biblical protocol. Yes, <laughs> if you will, fasting and prayer. Then Mm -hmm. come boldly before the throne of grace and ask, 
yes. make your petitions known. Mm -hmm. I did everything that I knew what to do. We even had friends who believed in faith healing. Well, we <laughs> believe in faith healing. We just, yes, we just you know don't believe I mean. in, in faith healers. Right. You know, Let's it, talk about that. It's like the centurion servant. You know, we like, God, that's what we're doing. We're mm -hmm. speaking the word only. Mm -hmm. You can speak the word only and your servant heal. We're just believing. You don't have to sure. come to the house. You can just heal Michael. <laughs> You know, you know I, I really doubted myself. I really doubted my yeah. faith because I heard that because of uh, your unbelief or yes. lack of faith, mm -hmm. I couldn't heal Michael of his autism because I feel the hindrance in your spirit. Yes. And I felt guilty. I felt like, you know, I was doubting myself. Sure. And yet Michael's autism brought me closer to God more yes. than ever. Because of his autism, I have to rely on God and lean on God daily. Yes. Daily. When you were praying and I were and I was praying for Michael's healing, mm -hmm. he healed us. Oh yes, that's beautiful. He healed us of our doubt and self-pity and self-loathing and yes. uh, disappointment. Mm -hmm. It's like Paul's thorn. Mm -hmm. In spite of Michael's autism, he's gonna do a greater thing yes. in our life. Yes, we're gonna be able to reach people that otherwise wouldn't pay attention sure. to us. So Michael is teaching us patience. Michael yes. is teaching us purity and innocence and just even how to worship the way he worships God and just tears flowing, just yes. so beautiful. And he's so harmless. He, he just wants everyone to be happy, everyone to, to be content. I want to be more like Michael. I want to be more like Jesus. Yes. And add a daily demand for cane cola. <laughs> so. Yes. Even Michael, although he's the most <laughs> angelic person we know, yes. he has his, uh, I guess he has his faults, and he is he's kind of addicted to yes. this certain drink. He's still in the flesh. He's still in the flesh. <laughs> yeah. So, in conclusion, is it a lack of faith as, mm. as to why Michael wasn't healed of autism and why his autism became what we would consider, just for lack of a better phrase, a more severe mm -hmm. form of autism? Right. Or is it the fact that more faith was produced in our lives. Yes. Well, no doubt about that. Yes. I mean, the more time we spend in autism mm -hmm. reality, the more I am determined to serve the Lord. Yes. The more I am determined to have my faith strengthened daily. And I do believe that Michael is being healed slowly, steadily. God crosses our paths with physicians that are helping Michael. God is allowing me to study holistic medicine so I can help not only Michael, but myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I cure my own and disease. Us. And us. Yes. For me, it's all summed up in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Mm -hmm. And I'll start reading in verse 3. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, mm -hmm. that we may be able to comfort them right. which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So that is why there is the Preacher and the Polish Girl podcast. That's why there is a ministry. Mm -hmm. That's why there is the Autism Mama Bear page and mm -hmm. Tikva Health and all the things that we're trying to do to help others, it is the fact that God has comforted us. Yes. And we don't want to waste that comfort. No. And we want God to comfort others with the same kind of comfort yes, that there we've is... received. And we're not alone. We're not alone. And no. neither are you. That's right. Thank you for listening.